Season 5, Episode 5. Welcome back to this week's episode of Raise the Apple. We got a lot to talk about right now. Lots of free agent moves, lots of big names finally coming off the board. So let's dive right into it, starting with the NL East continuing to not disappoint, along with the AL East. The Eastern Divisions keep going. Starting with the NL East, the Phillies have added Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber to their lineup. Now, looking at the Phillies lineup, these lineups absolute this lineup absolutely smacks. They got so much offense. It's an offense borderline offensive juggernaut with the Phillies have going around. You got JT Ramuto, Harper, Hoskins. You add Schwarber and Castellanos to it. You got Alec Bohm. This is a very powerful Phillies lineup. The only problem is it is probably going to be the worst defensive lineup ever in compensation for that. But Castellanos and Schwarber going to Philly, the NL East continuing to make moves after the Braves trade for Matt, after all the moves the Mets made, then the Braves go out and get Matt Olson, then extend him, then they bring in they keep Eddie Rosario, they bring in Kenley Jansen from the Dodgers, the Phillies add Schwarber and now Nick Castellanos, who were Nick Castellanos especially were one of the bigger free agents that was on the board. Mets made all their moves. The Marlins added Jorge Soler. And then the Nationals are kind of just sitting there. Or it's just sitting there. They're kind of like, eh. Which you love to see. We love to see the Nationals struggling. I don't hate any team in Major League Baseball. That's a lie. I hate one team in Major League Baseball, and that is the New York Yankees. And that is because as a Mets fan, I feel like I am legally obligated to hate the New York Yankees, and I am totally okay with that, which we're going to talk about next momentarily. But the Nationals the Braves, and the Phillies, and the Cardinals. Watching them struggle a little bit is always good as a Mets fan. I can't really hate on the Marlins as a Mets fan because I know the Marlins have been on the struggle bus right there with the Mets for so long that it's kind of like we know where they're coming from because we've been there too, so I really can't hate on them for that. But the NL East and its counterpart, the AL East, have made a ton of of moves. The AL East today, Trevor Story is now at Boston Red Sox, which I do not understand Colorado's plan of attack, which that I'm going to get into a little more later, but the Red Sox add Trevor Story to a six-year deal. That lineup is strong. The Blue Jays traded with the A's for Matt Chapman. That lineup is absolutely loaded. I think that the Blue Jays are my favorite in the American League to win the AL pennant this year. Alongside the White Sox, I think I might have a slight advantage to the White Sox just because I think the White Sox have a little bit more pitching. But the Blue Jays, I think, are a serious threat to win a World Series this year. So they go out and get Matt Chapman from the A's. Trevor Story finally signs. He's going to the Red Sox. You got the Rays being the Rays. And then it's the New York Yankees, which I have to crap on the Yankees a little bit. So what do the Yankees do? The big thing that they wanted going into the offseason, everyone was saying, Trevor Story's got to go to the Yankees. Carlos Correa's got to go to the Yankees. All these big-name free agents, Freddie Freeman, they, the Yankees got to get him. Yankees got to get him. What do the Yankees do? Not get a single one of those guys. Instead... The Yankees re-sign Anthony Rizzo. 
they trade Luke Voigt away. They trade Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela away. The Yankees and the Mets have flip-flopped. Whether Yankees fans that are listening to this like to hear it or not, they have flip-flopped. I have a feeling that if the it was the old-school Yankees, like the way the Yankees that we've grown up watching have been, it would be a bidding war in New York between the Mets and the Yankees. But the Yankees are just not doing that doing that anymore. It's kind of a new age of Yankees baseball a little bit. The roles have flipped in terms of going for it. And the Yankees are putting a lot of faith into the guys that they currently have into making the playoffs. But that AL East is a four-team race. And you can make the argument that the NL East is the same exact way. But I think that generally speaking, if I take... If I'm going from an unbiased baseball fan perspective, the Mets have improved their team significantly more than the Yankees have going into this year. The the Mets went out and got Marte, Escobar, Marcana, Max Scherzer, Adam Adovino. The Yankees go out, they ditch Luke Voigt, they ditch Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, they keep Anthony Rizzo, they do not get Correa or Trevor Story. What ex- what, so the Mets have have significantly improved their roster compared to the Yankees, but this new age of the Yankees is something that we're not used to seeing and something that I'm certainly not used to seeing. And watching the AL East is going to be a lot of fun. I do think that's a four-team race. And I do think that the Blue Jays and the Rays are probably going to be battling it out the most with the Red Sox being that sneaky team that's kind of Never really in first, but is always like right there keeping pace with the Blue Jays and Rays. I think the Yankees of the four of those four teams, I think the Yankees are the worst of the four. And there that's the thing is with that, the Yankees the worst of the four, and as much as I hate the Yankees, the Yankees have a pretty good lineup. They have a very good lineup. They have a playoff caliber lineup. But when you look at their division, you look at the Blue Jays, then you look in the Central where the White Sox are at, then you got the Astros out West, the Angels are coming up quickly, the Mariners are coming up quickly. The Yankees' dominance in the American League is quickly dwindling away, and I just don't think Yankees fans are ready to see it. And it, as a Mets fan, watching it unfold, watching the roles flip in New York is awesome. You gotta love it. But, there, but since they lost out on Correa, who went to the Twins, is probably a surprise, a little bit of a surprise to me. But the Twins have very quietly had a very good offseason. They get Gio Rosella, they get Sonny Gray, they get Gary Sanchez, now they add Carlos Correa. The Twins have very quietly had a very, very good offseason, and they may exceed, exceed expectations a little bit. I, I personally thought Correa was going to be a New York Yankee, and I was going to be very pissed off at that. Because, of course, that's just how the Yankees are. But having him go to the Twins was not not what I envisioned. I did not think he was going to be a Minnesota Twin. But the Twins have very quietly, like I said, have had a fantastic offseason. And they might be competing this coming into this year a lot more than people are going to give them credit for. But all if you look at... The NFL is really the same way right now. If you look at... The next Madden that's going to come out, if you look at the next MLB, MLB The Show 22, with the updated rosters as they are right now, and then same with the new Madden game, it's going to look a lot different. 
there are a lot of guys that you never expected to leave where they are or go to the teams they're going to that did that. Take the NFL, for example, Devontae Adams. A lot of people thought he was going to be a Packer for his whole career. Now he's with the Vegas Raiders. You look at Carlos Correa. Everyone thought Carlos Correa was going to be a lifelong Houston Astro, and now he's going to Minnesota for at least the next probably three years. A lot of these, it just shows that staying in one, how rare, hard, and special it is for a guy to stay with an organization for for their entire career. And look at like David Wright. Granted, injuries played a huge role in that. David Wright was, was not going anywhere. But guys like David Wright that played their entire, or Freddie Freeman, technically, Derek Jeter, a lot of these guys who spent their entire careers with one organization, when they leave that organization or when they go somewhere else, it looks, it is a completely different look. Completely different look. Completely. Speaking of new looks, speaking of Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman is a Los Angeles Dodger. For the next six years. Now, the Braves go out. They trade for Matt Olson. They never apparently told Freddie Freeman that they were going in pursuit of Matt Olson, which is not a very good look on the Braves at all when you do that to the face of your franchise. They go out and get him at Olson. They extend Matt Olson very shortly after, like two days after that. And then Freddie Freeman's like, all right, I guess I'm done in Atlanta. Then shortly after, Freddie Freeman signs a six-year deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, the Mets' biggest threat, in my opinion, to winning the National League pennant, besides Atlanta, is the Dodgers. I think the National League is between four teams. The Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, and the Brewers. I think the National League pennant will be one of those four teams going into October. The Dodgers, Braves, Mets, and Brewers. The Dodgers are, I would say, the favorite. I think the Mets have a very, can go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers, certainly. But that Dodgers lineup is an all-star lineup from top to bottom that they're trying out there every single night. And it is just insane. I don't understand how the Dodgers are able to keep doing it year after year after year. So now you've got Will Smith catching. You're going to have Freddie Freeman at first. You've got Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger in the outfield. you got Justin Turner over there. You lo- you did lose Corey Seager, but you replaced him basically with Freddie Freeman to just play a different position. Chris Taylor's in there. You, bring back, you brought back Kershaw. You did lose Kenley Jansen, but... In my opinion, the Dodgers are just as good with or without Kenley Jansen. They're certainly better with Kenley Jansen, but I think they can win without Kenley Jansen. As much as Dodgers fans may not like that. Kenley Jansen to Atlanta, though, definitely the Mets lack in the bullpen department because the Braves got all the bullpen arms. So the Mets lose out on Familia. They basically replace Familia with Adovino. There's talks about maybe going and getting Andrew Chafin, who then ended up signing with the Tigers. Now there's potentially talks they could trade for Josh Hader. I don't think that'll happen. But these teams make moves to compete. Like, the Mets make moves to go win it. The Braves see that, they go make their moves. The Dodgers see that, they go make their moves. The Phillies see that, they go make their moves. 
the Brewers have quietly had a nice little offseason. They did bring in uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who I think baseball and teams in general are better with Andrew McCutcheon on them. I said this last episode, baseball's better when Andrew McCutcheon is a part of baseball. I just think he's one of those guys. But this is what fans want to see. They want to see teams going after it. And when you have teams that don't go after it, as a, to be a fan of those teams, like to be a fan of the Reds or the A's right now, would absolutely be horrible. I feel so bad for their fan base. But when you got teams that don't normally go out, and you have always the Dodgers and Yankees, the teams that always go out there and compete and spend. But now you got the Twins making moves, the Mets making moves. No one ever thought the Mets were going to make moves. The Red Sox have been that team that's always made moves, but they're making bigger moves than they have in the past. You got the, uh, I said the Twins, the Phillies making big moves. The Yankees not making as big of moves as they as they have in the past. It's a new wave of baseball, and it's super fun to watch if you're looking from a general baseball fan perspective. But if you're looking at a specific team, if you're a fan of a specific team, like I said, the Reds or the A's, it's tough to watch them sell off like that. But if you're a team a fan of like the Mets or the Twins right now, you're pretty excited coming into this year. This is what you wanted. You wanted your team to go out and spend money and compete. The Dodgers, though, Dodgers fans are spoiled rotten because they will never, ever experience what it's like to go through a stretch where they just stink. And adding Freddie Freeman, it's going to still, it's going to be a long time. It was already going to be a long time. It's even longer now with Freddie Freeman there before the Dodgers have a losing season. I don't see them having a losing season for at least next 20 years. It's insane. But out west is apparently where you want to be right now because Freddie Freeman wanted to be a Los Angeles Dodger. And out west, Luke Voigt is now a San Diego Padre. And what else is out west? The mountains of Colorado, where apparently Chris Bryant decides to spend the next seven years of his career in Colorado. I made a TikTok about this, and I said, and I tweeted this too. I really confused, not so much with Chris Bryant in making his decision, but. What exactly is the Colorado Rockies' plan of attack here? So, the Colorado Rockies, the past two or three years, they've entertained offers for Charlie Blackman. They did not re-sign Trevor Story. They traded away John Gray, who was arguably one of the best, the top three in that rotation, a huge part of their rotation. They tried building a Super Bowl pen with... Brian Shaw and Adam Adovino and Greg Holland and Wade Davis that completely blew up on him. Then they traded away Nolan Arenado for a bag of Skittles to the Cardinals. They're paying the Cardinals to take Nolan Arenado away from them. So you traded all those guys away, and now you go out and get Chris Bryant. Which, I guess, from Chris Bryant's perspective, he's closer to home in Vegas... But what are, the, what are you doing if you're the Rockies? They have to be one of the most confusing organizations in sports right now because you had the pieces to compete. 
You didn't win. You were so quick to blow it up. And now you're trying it again short after shipping. You shipped out everyone that helped you compete. And now you're trying to compete again, with, but with different people. I don't understand what the Rockies are doing here. If they were able to keep story and they were maybe able to get Bryant on a shorter term deal, they didn't trade away Arenado. They didn't trade away John Gray. That's a pretty gnarly lineup. That lineup whacks. You have C.J. Crone in there. Then in the outfield, you probably put Chris Bryan in left and Blackman to have him in center right with Tapia in the other spot. Then on the left side, you got Story and Arenado. That's a pretty damn good lineup. But obviously, the Rockies don't want to win. And then magically, they're something flipped, a switch flipped in their minds, and now they want to win, so they're going out to get Chris Bryant. I don't really understand the Rockies' plan here. Chris Bryant, though, the Mets just couldn't. The Mets, understandably so, if I were the Mets, I would not have spent that on Chris Bryant. Not because of the talent capability. I certainly think Chris Bryant would have been worth that. But with how much money you just gave Max Scherzer and how much money you're probably going to have to give Jacob deGrom at the end of the season, and all the money you're going to have to, because a lot of the guys in the bullpen come after this season will be free agents, so how much money you're going to have to spend to fix the bullpen for next year. It, financially, it was the, in the best interest, interest of the Mets looking at it long term to not get Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant would not have been a Met for seven years. I think if he did come to the Mets, it would have been like a maybe three-year deal, three- or four-year deal. He would not be here that long. It would have been more of like a short-term rental, for lack of a better word. But considering the Mets' financial situation coming up, money's not going to be an issue with the, with the Mets. Not even close. But you do have those things do play a factor when you just paid... Scherzer, you're going to have to pay to Grom. You're going to have to pay a lot to get anyone in your bullpen with so many of them being free agents after this year. So it's it's just, it was in the Mets' best interest to not keep, or not keep pursuing Chris Bryant. But there's, it's just, there was so much that has gone on, all these free agent moves, and it's hard to see, to keep up with all of them, with how quickly everybody's changing Holmes, you know, Zach Granke goes back to Kansas City where his career all started. That kind of just, everyone kind of didn't really pay much attention to that. Jock Peterson going to San Francisco. Seiyo Suzuki, who was one of the top Japanese players besides Shohei Otani. That was, he was the next guy to come over after Shohei Otani came over from Japan. Seiyo Suzuki was the next guy to come over. And he went to the Cubs for a five-year deal. No one really paid much, no one really paid much attention to that. Just because so many moves happened, so many big names. Matt Chapman being traded to the to the Blue Jays should have been a much bigger news story than it ended up being. But there's so much going on, which is awesome for baseball. It's awesome to see this much activity going on. But it's so much to keep up with that a lot of it gets lost in the shuffle. There's so many guys that are going to be on new teams that not many people are really paying much attention to. But it's going to be a lot of fun, especially in the East the NL West is going to be a lot of fun to watch. The, both East divisions are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Baseball is going to be awesome in 2022, which will lead us into the last part of today, and that is this day in baseball history, 
We're going to tackle two, two of them today, starting in 1973, in a special election held by the BBWAA, Roberto Clemente received 393 of 422 votes to earn entry into the Hall of Fame. The Hall's board of directors earlier waived the five-year wait rule for Clemente after he passed away in the plane crash, delivering relief supplies to Nicaragua after an earthquake. His number 21 would be, would, would be retired in Pittsburgh 17 days later. I think 21 should be retired across all of Major League Baseball. Right now, that only number is Jackie Robinson. I think Roberto Clemente should. What he did for the game, one of the greatest of all time, not only on the field but off the field, I think Roberto Clemente is also deserving of that. And then in 1989, the commissioner's office started their investigation of Pete Rose. And we all know how that happened. I have my own personal opinions on Pete Rose. I think it's ridiculous, but that's a conversation for another day. Maybe over the summer, during Hall of Fame induction stuff, we'll talk about Pete Rose a little bit. Maybe we'll talk about Kurt Schilling a little bit. But Pete Rose got gypped. Got gypped. But there was a lot to go through. Very hectic episode, a lot to cover today. Next episode after this one, we will have our first guest on the podcast, Talking Mets with Rob. If you've seen him on YouTube, does live streams almost daily. Excited to have him. We're just figuring out some de- final details, but that interview will be coming up shortly. Haven't decided yet if it's going to be its own episode or if it's going to be like a bonus episode coming out later this week. But once all that gets sorted out, uh, once that get, all gets sorted out, we'll we'll get going with that. But a lot to look forward to coming up. We're closing in on episode number 100. Lots of big plans coming in for this week. Make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you guys, any questions, reach out on social media, on TikTok or Twitter. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will see you guys in the next one. Let's go Mets.